Welcome to Guzzler. Hello and welcome to Guzzler. This is... I don't know where I said that. Guzzler? <laughs> like, Guzzler? <laughs> this is um, the second part of travel. So last week we spoke about sort of countries we went to together. We always spoke about Borneo, Amsterdam. What else did we talk about last episode? I, I think that was it. We spoke about Borneo oh, right. Ireland, Scotland. Oh yeah, yeah, Scotland. Scotland oh, Wales, Scotland. yeah, we did do that, yeah. Um, yeah. And then this week we're going to talk about sort of just other stories we have. I think there's some other countries that me and Louis have been to similar, and then Dex probably been to some. But it's just basically other stories we have from other places. Guzzler podcast. Let's talk about Belgium because me and Louis have both been to Belgium. Okay. Have you been to Belgium? Have you been to Belgium? Nope. Me and Louis did the same trip, but we did it different times. Yes. So you done it in like, right. February, didn't you? It snowed when you went. It did snow. We were in the trenches and it snowed. Yeah. It was nice. And I went. May, June, and it was... Um, I felt like I was proper in the war, you know? Yeah, yeah. With my nice coat, and my packet yeah. of crisps, snowing. <laughs> I just thought, this is what they went through. This is... Yeah. I, I know the struggles now to in fight for my country. clothes and yeah, nice yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're basically a veteran. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Yeah, I think that Belgium was a... Um, I think it was a very nice place, but we we done, like, the battlefield trip, which is what, what like, you know, thousands of people, not millions of people do every... Not millions, but thousands of people do every year. Um... <laughs> And it's, it's great. I really went, we went to a place called Eep, which apparently is what the uh, soldiers called Wipers because it's spelled Y P R E S, and it's yeah. where like the all the graves are. But um, that's where the Menin Gate is, and I really liked seeing the Menin Gate. Yeah, so I'd love to, I'd love to go back to Belgium. Belgium, yeah, sick. I would. I really like to go to Bruges. Bruges, is, it seems a wonderful place. And in Bruges, um, by Martin McDonough, it's one of my favourite films ever. It's about like, two men. One of them. They've gone to Bruges on like a witness protection thing where they've escaped from this like murder. And one of them is really enjoy being in Bruges for like four days and the other one thinks it's the worst place in the world. And the director said that he went there when he was about 10 years old and for the first two days he was like, this is the best. And the last two days he was like, this is literally the worst place I've been to. And like, it's, it's about that split thing, but it was really funny. And I really like to go there. Probably not for no, four I, days. I, I was a big fan. My, my story from Belgium is nothing to do with Belgium at all. I mean, like, it's to do with when I was in Belgium, but it's not, like, anything to do with the country, really. It's just, like, you don't realise how bad... Like, this is a general school trip story, really. You don't realise how bad some of the things you do are until mm. you work in a school. Yeah. And you realise kids can't do that because mm. this causes a lot of issue for adults. So we had one boy stay in our room who we didn't really want to stay in our room at all. Louis might know who I'm talking about. Yeah, we didn't like yeah. him, really. Now the shower had, you know those doors where you can like unlock it from the outside with like a coin or whatever? Mm. Mm. And he used to just unlock the door from the outside and then like open the door while you were showering and just like piss himself laughing. He thought that was like the height of humour. Um, <laughs> then he decided when another one of my friends was in there to take some pictures of him in the shower. Again, this is just weird, right? So he unlocked the door with a, with a knife, pushed the door open and started snapping. Now the person in the shower panicked. And like pulled the shower curtain to him, but it's one of the see-through <laughs> ones. So in the picture, you can just see the shower curtain just like flat against his chest, with obviously like loads of liquid against it. And then like you can see his entire bare ass pressed against the shower curtain. Now the kid decided to show this to one of the teachers because he thought it was hilarious, and he was like, "Oh, miss, miss, look, have a look at this picture." And it's just another kid's just bare ass in the shower. I was like, "You." When you're can't a kid, you just that. think that's funny, but you can't yeah. do that. That's like yeah. job ending because she didn't tell anyone about it, which yeah. is sort of understandable. But if that then now came you out, have. <laughs> but now I have, yeah. But it was years mm. and years and years ago. 
Years and years and years. I'm like 60. So, yeah. <laughs> I just think, when you work in a school, you realise how bad mm. the things you did in school were. Well, I was saying the other day about, like, Jodie and Chris taking us to Borneo. Like, it's not even just, like, just down the road, is it? Like, that is... 18 hours like plane journey away like if anything happened and things were going wrong there like um, someone had a heart murmur someone else was like full on panic attacking like, every day and stuff like that like they must have been bricking it so much the stuff that, like someone was shagging yeah, so, someone, yeah, yeah exactly and I just think like imagine or even just like because you get comfortable for like the 28 days if he just says something just out of place and then when someone got home and mentioned it to a parent they was like I'm reporting that like that's yeah. No, I, I yeah. think I mean cause obviously we work in schools. So we were talking about it, like going mm. on the trip. But it must be terrifying. It must yeah. be f- absolutely terrifying. Mm. A friend yeah. of mine works in school, and he went to. Uh, he works in your school. Yeah, yeah I know him. Yeah, <laughs> and he, went, he, went, he went on camps trip last year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, year before, obviously, because of COVID. But he said it was really stressful, and they had like loads of issues, and it's just mm. it's, it just sounds mental. Yeah, I do think it's. Um... Yeah, I think it's mad to take people on a school trip, but you know, I imagine it'd be tough enough going to Stanton. But to, yeah, exactly. to go, because I don't famously, want to do I don't know if you know Stanton, but some people from our year group went on a trip to Wales next to the sea in Norfolk, and he was counting the pairs and knew they had an even number, and the bus left. And as the bus left, two students from our year came around the corner and watched the bus leave, and they were left in Wales, and they had to like ring up the school and be like, "Our bus has just left with ours." No idea. Yeah, yeah. No idea. And then we went on a school trip, and they managed to pick people up. Louis and Tash ended up in the freaking bus. <laughs> they weren't meant to be there. We um we were just in London, and they were on London on a trip. And I saw them, and I was like, "Lift home," and we just got in the <laughs> got in the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah. teacher was not happy. She went happy too. She's like, we haven't insured you for this. Like you're not meant to be in here. I was like. And you I just got, got the buses for oh, so. oh well. Yeah, we haven't got a train tickets. So you might as well give us a lift home. Uh, In fairness, you did ask her before, but she forgot. Yeah. All right, somewhere that was quite fun was uh, United Arab Emirates. I was hoping you'd say that one because I had some questions. So, um, all right, so I uh, I flew into Dubai, um, spent like the morning, afternoon in Dubai and then we drove down to an island called Yaz Island it's just outside Abu Dhabi um, and it's where like you know the Formula 1 sorry I just really like the way you said Abu Dhabi which made me laugh that's why Abu Dhabi yeah, it's, 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 it's um, nice. so uh, there's the, the Formula 1 track that goes under the yes. hotel mm. that's where that is Yaz right. Island right um, and right next to uh, the, the hotel there's a marina it's got all these like where Roman Abramovich takes his yacht for the summer. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed at the uh, the Crown Plaza there, and it's also where Ferrari World is, uh, which has currently the fastest roller coaster in the world. Um, You're faster than Rita, like not. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, I like Rita. Um, I, I think it does naught to 160 in like three seconds or something ridiculous. It's pretty quick, to be fair. As I've just mentioned, Rita. We should get it to race knife. Yeah, yeah. Okay, knife Nile and the Ferrari roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I've mentioned Rita, you know what towers the the ride naught to 60 in two seconds, and I like Rita, but it terrifies me because that speed, and you can see the traffic lights like red, 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 
green and like that's it, the yeah. G-force your like, G-force and like pinches the back of the seat and I, I'm one like 0 to 160 in like 3 or 4 seconds that would just I don't know I don't know but yeah but it's, it's called the Formula Rossa so when you go on they give you a pair of goggles mm. right and you're like uh, why do I need these um, you put them on and then you realise it's because the the ride goes straight out into the desert maybe half a mile um, yeah, and it goes that quick that they want to prevent sand just flicking <laughs> up and getting in your eyes and shit because it will blind you because it goes that fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you, it's you like s- the go-go goggles. You from sit Pokemon, there. Isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, basically. <laughs> I know. Um, Pokemon reference for all of our fans. <laughs> um, but basically, it, it, depending on where you sit on it it gets more and more severe. Right, right. So if you sit at the back, it feels like you're going to die because the wind channels through all the seats and all the people's mm. heads and then just batters your head about like that. Jesus. Like, I'm not even... That's literally what no, it's I like. believe you. When the I, wind's like, like Louis through, said, I've been on Rita and it's nowhere near as fast <laughs> as that. And I already felt like I was going to die. So yeah. I believe you. The, the, um, also, the quick thing: the, a lot of people like sitting in the front of roller coasters. And I also like sitting in front of roller coasters. But when you go up the the, the hills, when you're at the front, you're you're going down, um, like quite slowly. But if you're at the back, you get flicked over. So I I think sitting at the back is probably like, I definitely believe that's the worst place to sit. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. Um, but there's some really cool niche bits of kit at Ferrari World, and it's really good fun. Very nice. We all like roller coasters very much. We do like roller coasters. Mm. So. Dubai, because the thing that amazes me with yeah. Dubai is that if you go back, I don't know, 25 years ago, it was just, you know, desert. Yeah, Nothing. And now it's yeah. this, and it's not even just like a little bit. You've got the Burj Khalifa and everything, that, which is grand, but you, they made the world, didn't they, in the sea? Yeah. Which is, yeah, well, it's still under construction. They lost a lot of money, didn't they? From, from it. But I just think that's, that it's crazy I think it's I think it's a grand place I'd like to go there very much because in the um, in the shopping centre they've got the big aquarium and everything haven't they yeah um, it's it's literally just called the Dubai Mall right. um, and you, you, it's the biggest mall in the world it's massive and like apparently if you went into every shop spending five minutes in each shop you'd stay in there for three days oh, Jesus or something ridiculous yeah it's massive. It's unbelievable. There's Ferraris sitting out the front, Bugattis, all that sort of shit. There's even a plane simulator in the mall. Mm. Mm. You can um, you can go scuba diving in the tank and stuff. I think yeah. I think mm. Have you been into anywhere else in UAE or just Dubai? Apart and Yaz Island. Uh, just Dubai. Yeah, okay. yeah, just that. Because too. I think Burj Khalifa's unreal yeah, as well. Is, yeah. yeah. And Dubai's a really weird place because it's city. And then immediately desert. That's the thing mm. I find weird about the Burj Khalifa. When you go to the top of it, it's like you you see desert, don't you? It's not like you can. You, you yeah. do. It's because Dubai is it's it's not like the UK where say if there's a big city like London, it kind of filters out to mm. be in forest or farmland. There's a few houses here and there, but it basically goes from big buildings to short buildings to flatland. Yeah. Where Dubai, it literally goes from city straight to mm. desert. Like, there's no gap there. There's just a house on the end of the desert, and then it's the city. Imagine living there. Is he That's like, literally it. He's the groundskeeper, is he? He's the... He's, yeah. Weird. But 
it's it's not like people think as well. Like everyone thinks there's uh, Bugattis and McLarens just driving about. There's not. Mm. Mm. It's 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 like normal cars. It's strict on rules. Like you can't hold hands and stuff there, can you? Oh yeah, the the rules are really weird. Like you can't hold hands. Um, there's something else. Uh, the women, uh, like domestically, the women walk behind the men by like six to ten feet. Slower walkers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's some weird shit, but you can get like we saw. There's vending machines, and there's just gold bars in them. Yeah, Jesus. Mm. You mean like the chocolate yeah. bar, gold bar? <laughs> yeah. No, like proper full bars of gold. Gold bars. How much mm. are they? Yeah. Uh, one gold know, bar. Like Twenty-five grand <laughs> or something like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Let's talk about beer then, boys, or right. wine in Declan's case. I, I can see it very clearly on the can now, Louis. It yes. very, very clearly. Here, isn't it, Slap top. bang in the middle says. Oh yeah. Pour hard, pour fast. This way up. This way up. And then it says on another bit of the can, pour hard and fast. And then it says on another bit of the can, pour this way up. <laughs> now I missed all of that. Yeah. And I just poured it. So we're drinking a Siren Craft Brew. We, if you listen to our um, our movie one the other day, last Friday. No, they didn't. They didn't, they? <laughs> but if you did, you would have seen that we drank some Sirens and they're really nice. This is a nitro mm. oatmeal milk stout. And this is what we came midnight on, we were arguing Maverick. about Midnight Maverick. That's it, yeah. We were discussing... Where, what, what the nitro means and I saw that it said this way up and the, it was upside down I was like what and then it said pour and I had to pour it upside down I don't know if this tastes any different Alfie, to what yours could possibly taste I did it a lovely slant and see if we yeah. were together we could have tried it couldn't we yeah. it would have been quite nice to see the difference actually but again so you're, you're meant to pour Guinness yeah. mine yeah. tastes like quite gassy I can taste the nitrous I can't yeah, that's just a, that's a lie. It's yeah. meant to taste creamy. Man. Tastes like Vin Diesel. Was it meant to taste? Yeah. Was it meant to taste like? Creamy. Mm. Yeah. But we've had milk stouts before that have been really creamy, but mm. I, I don't think this is really. But it's very smooth. Bear in mind, it is ten past eleven on a Saturday morning. Uh, I feel like it's all right to drink this. Right, Deck, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Castellore. It's a Pinot Grigio from Del Venese. Um, it's an Italian white Pinot Grigio. Um, I got it from Aldi. It was like seven quid or something. I think it's part of their new range because Little and Aldi are currently uh, revamping all of their wine ranges, oh. um, especially the the reviewed ones. Yeah, if you go in Little, it'll all be like um, buy before it's gone and shit like that. Um, this is gorgeous. I didn't think much of it. There's like uh, a weird front. Yeah, I like the look of that. Normally, if I see. A, yeah, that's nice. yeah, it's like uh, you know the masquerade yeah. masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that on the front, um, which seemed fun. So I thought I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, the description reads: Italy's Del Veneto region is farmed for its crisp white wines, like this refreshing, lovely Pinot Grigio. On the nose are aromas of pear, lime, and apple, uh, whilst it's smooth on the palate with brilliant acidity. Store in a cool dark place. Um, it is gorgeous. It's really, really nice. I have to say, it's one of my absolute favourites now. Give it a go. It's Castellore. What percentage is it? 13. Yeah. I was like, what is that, Lee? I don't know. That's really, like, really nice. 4.2. 4.2. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite there's, a... There's like a, f- there's like a fizzy texture as soon as it hits your tongue and then it goes to normal wine. It's really, really unique. This half is out of our new Beer 52 box, isn't it? But what was the theme? 
Oh, oh, it's it's like it's it's our favourite brewery, so it's just oh, like all brewery. of their favourite. Well, I'll be honest. One second, is becoming one of my favourite breweries. Yeah, lovely, mate. Lovely. Very nice. Very I've nice. still got the can next to me from last time. I've still got all the cans next to me from all our last <laughs> episodes. So, yeah, it's very nice. I'm, I'm accumulating. So back onto our travel. I'll, yes, mate. I'll go next, as you two have said. Mm. Yes, mate. Places. So last year, not last year, before I went to China for. Nearly, well, just over two weeks, um, and China was was a wild, wild place. How, right, just just because I'm interested in this, how many Chinese people do you reckon you saw while you were there? Probably near a billion. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. I knew you could say that. So busy. Honestly, I can't explain like, how busy that was. So we went to Shanghai first. Um, and Shanghai is the most marvellous place ever. It's in one of the top cities ever, probably second to Amsterdam, because Amsterdam is wonderful. But Shanghai is, is incredible. When we got there, it was really late at night. And when we... Well, I say really late, wasn't it? Like, it was like 7pm. But when we arrived there, and we went, we walked out, and they said, don't really walk out now, it's a bit late. And we said, oh, we're going to, we need, we need something to eat. And we walked really deep into Shanghai. But there was these, like, car parks, just concrete areas... And all of the parents would stand on the outside, just drinking coffee and just standing chatting. And in the middle of concrete, there was no slides or climbing frames. All the kids would just play and run around, but all the parents would stand on the outside. And this went on, honestly, to about 11pm, just in random concrete areas around Shanghai. It was incredibly strange. Um, and, yeah, Shanghai was, it was, like, busy. We went out like some skyscraper and stuff. It was busy. Then we went to... Um, we were on a boat for quite a while, so we didn't see many people. Well, didn't see many people. Um, and then we went to a place called Chengdu, which is where the the main panda sanctuary is. And we got in there, they said, we're, we're going early. Um, and we got there really early. And there was more people than I've ever seen anywhere, ever. It, we was there for about four hours because it was just like shoulder to shoulder, just mm. walking along. You couldn't move. And... There's this, it's my favourite video I've ever taken. I don't know if I've shown this to you, Declan, but I sent this to you Alfie a little while ago and I was just searching from my phone. Yeah, There's this long hallway and it's where all the newborns are. And before you go in, it's like, be silent, um, queue for like, queue, all this stuff. And you go in and there's this big glass window and inside there's a panda that's probably about as big as a can. Uh, it was about like a week old. And when you're going through this, there's all these guards with megaphones telling you to get in a line, pushing you against the wall, and everyone's shouting and screaming. Um, and then these two guards got in a fight, like an actual fight, and then these other guards had to come and break them up. And I just, I just, I record this poor baby panda, and then just go to the sign where it says silence and orderly queue. I was like, that panda's gonna be. And then it says, there's this sign on the wall that said, pandas don't have very good hearing. I was like, if they live here, no doubt. Because, like, <laughs> it was awful. I, I mentioned to someone as I was leaving, I was like, this is insane. I was like, I've never seen this many people. And they were like, oh, you, you should go to the Terracotta Army if you ever get a chance, because that's wild. I was like, I'm going there in two days. And I, yeah, got there, and it was, yeah, more and more people. It was, it was, it was, it was just absolutely crazy. And then they said, um, when I got there, I was like, oh, this is mad. I went pounding the other day, and they said, this is even busier. They went, have you been to the wall? I said, you say that. <laughs> I'm going there in about four days. <laughs> and they said, you want to go there about like like 6 a.m. And 
by chance, by the time we left the wall, it was about nine o'clock, and there was just buses and buses and buses of people just all arriving. Um, it was <clears throat> the people. It was absolutely, it was absolutely crazy. Some of the weirdest things I've seen. I went to a place called Chongqing, which is just outside of Wuhan, and it's, it's the, all these words sound like really racist. Yeah, they do. Terms. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, it was just outside Wuhan. It was it was a great city. It was really like like oldie worldy China. Like the, all the, the weird roads and like the houses, all the markets in them. It was great. But I saw like Kung Fu Panda, yeah, basically. But I saw several men just take craps in the middle of the of the market street, and they weren't even, they weren't even homeless men. They were just people with their families. And they were like, okay, well, you got to toilet, and they just they just done it. Um, yeah. Did they have like? Did they like? Have a little bag. They like put it in. No, they left it and put it in the bin. No, <laughs> that would be weirder, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would actually. Yeah, just like just put a bag underneath. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that that's weirder to me. Like the idea of someone just shitting in the streets, fine. But the idea of them putting it in a little bag and putting yeah. it in the bin, that's too much. That's too much. Too much. And then <laughs> we went to a place called um, oh, it's the something gardens. I can't remember what it was called now. Oriental. Um, the what? Oriental. No, I can't remember what it was. But uh, there was. On so the way in, the yeah, probably, probably was. On the way in, there was these just all these people playing like cards and chess and stuff, but they all had these cages that they would sit on. In the cages were birds, and loads of people would just take birds for walks in cages. It was a complete weird. like culture shock. It was just it was totally different to anything I've ever experienced. They were the main things that I thought were were incredibly weird. It was a, it was a marvelous place. I, f- I feel like all of Asia is a culture. It is. Shop, I think though. I think Asia and Definitely. Borneo is, and you've been to Thailand. So I think it's I think it's a great place. So so different. Mm. And all the Chinese food that I had there was nothing at all like the Chinese food I had here. It was There's, excellent. This is literally unrelated in every aspect. But you talk about Asia being a, a culture shock. There's that thing when you do like. Um, so I've done like a few sessions on autism and stuff. Obviously, because I work in a school. And there's that thing where they compare having autism to being like a. British person in a Japanese household um, because like all of the rules so much going like, on. all the rules you've learned and all of the rules you live by and you know are like good practice and stuff don't apply to a Japanese household yeah um they're saying like like you in, in a Japanese household you have to put like slippers on and stuff before you enter the household and just like and stuff like that so that's how much of a culture shock it is, I think, to just that that's the comparison they use yeah. um, when they say what it's like to be autistic. Because autistic people don't, like, they, we think they're being rude, but they just don't know the rules mm. that we've come up with for society, if you know That's a very I mean. good point, very good point. Mm. Like, so I went to, first I went to Shanghai Disneyland, and like, when you're queuing around, like, all these marvellous sets, what they've built to make it look like you're in that particular film. Well, I was queuing up for the Pirates Caribbean ride, and there was this, like, little opening of this area, and it was like, this waterfall this little river and it was like this table and chair set up like it was in this like tavern and this woman I don't understand what they're saying but she just sent him she put him over the fence and sent him out and he just went up to this middle of this set where these table and chairs were had a wee and then came back and in in, in the queues as well they were just going for a wee and I was like this is disgusting like how on earth imagine if I'm sitting out on town I was going I was weird this wouldn't. It would be odd. To yeah. Be fair. Just whip it out. To be fair, one of the first things I saw in Berlin was some guy take a shit in the street, and Berlin is not that sort no. of like that was actually that wasn't like a culture thing. That, that guy just... was just smashed. <laughs> that is weird. To be fair, That's the really Guardian, weird. the Guardian posted a thing on Instagram yesterday, and it was three hundred thousand people in Europe or something, some staggering number, yeah. still shit like in the street. There's a um, 
I, think I just don't understand. It was a really high percentage when they done one in England. It was, I think it was like 30% said that they'd do it in the shower. I, I saw that. I saw that. That's so <laughs> weird, isn't it? <laughs> because the best thing... No, that needs to stop. It was like 60% would, would wee in the shower. And I just saw these people in the comments going, that's disgusting, that's fast. It's not that bad. Like, it's... Come on. And then the next Wee, one was like 30%. Weeing. Weeing's fine. Yeah, exactly. And then it was like 30% doing it in the, in the shower, like crap in the shower. And I was like, now, now you can all say this is weird because I that still don't believe it. No, I, don't, I still I don't believe it. it. I reckon, I, but if I, got, if I got sent a survey that said, do you go to the toilet in the shower? Mm. I'd just be like, yeah, why not? It's only a survey, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I just it's hilarious. And I you, just want to change the statistics. You think 30% of people thought, yeah, I, I do. I just, I yeah, why not? And then the why last not? thing I'd say about China. I mean, there's so many stories I could say about China. The last one was when we was coming home through Beijing. I don't like Beijing either. I think Beijing's an awful place. But when we was coming home, we um, we was in the airport and there was this woman and she was really like, she just kept pushing in. She was pushing her way through and then she was just like putting, I'm not even joking, like just pressing her boobs against Tash, against her shoulders and against her face. She was just being really annoying. That's just hot. Like, just, no, just, just like push her way through. And we got to, I'll the, take that right we now. Got to the other end, like where we was like checking our bags in. And there was these like, people behind me that she pushed in front of. And I like held on to the railing and I was pushing her back and I was letting all these people like get in front. And all these Chinese people were like bowing and like, thank you, thank you. Because it was like, even they were disgusted with the fact this woman was pushing in. And then, following this, these guards came up to Tash and was like, took her in for questioning. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went to go in there. I was like, you stay here. And I was like, okay. And then they got her bag again, like re-got her bag and took her in this room for questioning. And I was just standing outside the room for about like, 10 minutes thinking... Like in the middle of the airport, I was like, "What? What's what's going on?" And if you're in France or something, I don't think it'd be that scary. But like, you hear stories from Asia and stuff like that, and you know the strict policies and things. And I was just standing in this massive airport. There was no Western people, just mm. for about ten minutes while they took Tasha with questioning. And she said that there was like four people in this room and like one woman, and she spoke English and the others didn't. And they were just like shouting and stuff. And then she would like question like, "What's in your bag?" It basically turned out that Tasha had some batteries for a camera right. and they thought it was like you know a weird thing but um, I, that that would seem very scary, very scary. Anyway, I, was, I was scared just being outside thinking what what are they going to do imagine if they came out and was like we're not sending you home we're keeping you here and I'm just like stuck there like great <laughs> yeah. right um, I feel like I've mentioned Berlin so I might as well just tell my, my one story from Berlin um, you boys haven't been to Germany have you? I haven't been to Germany man so me and Lucy went to Berlin um, in December. Uh, it snowed there as well, which is really last nice. December. I'm like... saying. Hmm. Last December. As in December 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I like it when it snows in another country. I don't know why. It just feels really mm. like I don't. It's just nice. And it, it is. Yeah. Like I say, it snowed in Berlin and uh, and Belgium. So we just did like we did a lot of historical stuff. But Lucy doesn't. I feel like Lucy didn't really like Berlin that much because like she doesn't know the history of it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. obviously we did like GCSE history, and one of my favourite things about Berlin is that like so as we learnt in history, obviously it was divided into the east and west, mm-hmm. and the west yeah. side. Well, basically Berlin just had a ton of money pumped into it because it was like I'm not taking a piss on foreign wine because <laughs> it was like the east and west trying to compete, weren't it? They yeah, were it trying was, to like it was communism, show off, wasn't it? They were trying to show off, yeah. So Berlin just had a shit ton of money poured into it. To be honest, I think that's one of the main. I say I think historians think that's one of the main reasons that Germany has recovered so quickly from the war Um, but yeah I think it's quite easy to see that like when you go to the east you can sort of tell that it was a bit sort of rougher and it was a bit sort of harder to live by and then you go to the west and you see like Mm. 
it's really built up and nice. Yeah. But so me and Lucy went to the wall. Now obviously the wall's quite interesting. It's quite historical. Um, and then some women came up to us, right? Right. You know this story, don't I you? I do. And they had, they were holding this sheet, right? And they were like, "Oh, we we're." I, I, I don't know what accent I was going to do then. I can't do an accent, but they basically said we're going to build an, uh, a home for the. I think it was like blind or deaf. I think it was blind. Right. It's like we're going to build a home for blind children. Please sign this petition. Now I read it, and obviously here's the thing that they've got on us. All the English on this form was terrible. Now normally you think scam, but when you're in Germany, you just think Germans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all they said was, can you sign this form, please, right? It was like, they were just like, it's just a petition. Can you just sign this petition? Now, obviously, I'm like, I'm I'm classic British. I'm like, oi, no, go away. <laughs> um, whereas Lucy's like, nice person, annoying. Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll sign it. And I was like, oh, God, I see where this is going. So she signed this petition. Then the woman moved her finger, and there was another column. And this column was like, donation. And the woman was like, oh, you've signed it now, so how much do you want to give? And Lucy was like, no, no, I don't want it. And she was like, yeah, but you've signed it saying you're going to give money. And Lucy's like, no, 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 no. And then three other women appeared. I genuinely don't know where from. Like, I'm, not even, I'm not even making it dramatic for the story. I don't know where these women came from. And they also had petitions. <laughs> so Lucy's got two on her now, and I've got two on me. And I'm just like, go away. You're literally you're not getting anything from me, mate. Just piss off. And then Lucy's like getting her purse out, obviously. <laughs> And then Lucy's, oh god! And then Lucy's like, "Do you have change?" And I was, just, "What do you think?" <laughs> and they, they obviously say to her, "Yeah, we have change," because Lucy's like, oh, "I only have a 20. She was like, "If I give you five, can you give me fifteen back?" And obviously, oh I'm saying god. to these other women that are trying to get money from me, like, "Leave me alone." <laughs> you should have said, um, "Go to my girlfriend because she's clearly going to yeah, give you money." Yeah, she's got loads, mate. <laughs> she's got loads. That woman will give her change, and then she'll give you all five each, yeah. and you can all leave. Uh, anyway, obviously Lucy gave this woman a 20 and then the woman all of a sudden pretended she didn't understand English. I was like, <laughs> what? And Lucy's like, you said you'd give me change. And she's like, no, 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 20, 20 mine. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. What did she expect? And then when these women left, Lucy went to me and she was like, you should have done something about that. And I was like, I didn't give him a penny. <laughs> I was like, I, I understand I'm your boyfriend and stuff, but you are also an adult. If you want to give someone money for something, I can't just be like... No, woman. Yeah. You do not give them money. Like, that's just... Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. She still blames me to this oh, day. That's I don't know how it's my fault. I didn't, give anyone I, in, um, I didn't give anyone anything. We went to Paris two years ago, and it was just it was a real last-minute thing. Tash didn't even know she was going. So I didn't even get... I didn't have any euros. So I was looking at Montmartre in northern Paris, and I was looking at, like, different tours and things, so I could walk around Montmartre and I could say to Tash, oh, this building is this, this building is this, this building is this. And all the tips I got from going around Montmartre is there's a lot of pickpockets. So I was fully prepared. I knew what I was getting myself into. Then at the bottom of where the Sacre Coeur is, there's all these large steps, and they go up to where the Sacre Coeur is, and you can look over the sea. And there's all these Nigerians, because if you haven't been to Paris, it's full of, like, migrants and stuff like that who are I, did, I didn't like Paris. No, Hang on, I, this sounds like I'm racist. I, I didn't like Paris for other reasons. Yeah, which I didn't like Paris. To, but but um, yeah, so this bloke came to me and was like, oh, where are you from? And we just carried on walking. And I was like, oh, like, this part of England. And he's kind of asking these questions and stuff. And he said, I make these uh, like love bracelets of good luck. I said, all oh, right. I said, I don't want, I'm not paying you for anything. He said, no, it's just good luck, just good luck. And I was like, no. He's like, come on. I'm, he said, it's only me. 
it's this. And I was like, fine. So, so I put my wrist down. He started to put this thread around it. And we started to attach. And then he was holding it tight. And he went, now I need a donation because I'd like some coffee. And I said, no. You said, no money. He said, I'm not charging you for the, for the bracelet. I just would like some coffee. I said, no. And I was like, try to pull away. And then two other lads came back and put their arm around Tash and started walking her away. So I'm standing there, I'm going, Jesus. look, I ain't giving you nothing. He's like, come on, get your wallet out, get your wallet. I can see your wallet in your pocket. Get out, get out. I said, I have no money. He's like, of course you've got money. You're a tourist, you've come here. I said, no, really? I don't have any money. And I didn't actually have any money. I said, I haven't got anything. I haven't got anything. He's like, get your wallet out, show me. I'm, like, I'm not going to do that, you idiot. And then there's about two of the lads came to me. There's three on me, two on Tash. And Tash is going, Larry, help me. And these like three lads around me and they go, I want coffee, I want coffee, no, I want coffee, I want coffee. And I said, I've honestly, I've got about four euros in coins because I knew that we had just some change around the house. So I thought I might as well take it to use it. So I got a two euro coin, I went, well, there you go. And he went, they ain't gonna even get me coffee. No, these lot coffee. And I was like, I'm not getting you coffee. And I like, pulled the thing off me, the thing <laughs> snapped and he was like, that's disrespectful, I've made that for you. And I went up to Tash and I like, grabbed her and we was like walking away. But the worst bit is in that moment, it feels like you're the only two people in the world because you're focusing on that. But then as I start walking away, there's just hundreds of people around, tourists, market sellers, all these people taking photos of the sacrifice. Why did no one just come up to me and be like, you know? So that's apparently <clears throat> Lucy Googled the, the scam that she got messed up with near the wall. And there's loads of loads of stuff on Google about it. Like everyone says when you go to the wall, ignore these women. But um, they do say that if you go on a busy day, like the German locals always tell them to just like piss off. They're really good okay, for it. Yeah, Germans are really good for telling them to go away. But obviously, we went in just like mid, like late, late December. There was literally yeah. no one else there, really. And then, to be fair, when I walked up all these steps and we got to the top of the and was looking over. At the bottom, we could see these like five, six Nigerians and they were looking up at us. And I felt really threatened by that because I, I could imagine them all talking, being like, follow them. They didn't. But mm. just we'd walked up all these steps for about another two, three minutes. And they were just staring at us when we got to the top. And I, I was like, I did feel quite threatened by that. But besides that, yeah, I, I don't like Paris at all. No, I mean, I've been... <clears throat> have I been twice? I feel like I haven't been twice. I think I've been once. We went we went to Disneyland Paris, and then we went into Paris for a day. Mm. And it's just like, I don't it just felt really, like, dreary and miserable. It I think it's meant to be, like, a nice romantic city and stuff. But mm. it just, I don't know, it just, it just felt horrible it to me. Stinks of you in everywhere. And there's... And then, like, the Eiffel Tower, I just... I thought it was kind of meh. I didn't think the Eiffel Tower was so as to sick as I thought it would be. I went to the Eiffel Tower and I did. I, I liked it, but the problem was I got to top it. Was it must have been the foggiest day of the year, so I couldn't see anything. Couldn't see the ground. <laughs> um, but around the Eiffel Tower, because obviously you got the the long bit of grass where everyone likes picnics and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They were doing all building work, so we we didn't we didn't uh, get to see any of that either. So and actually all around it was totally like scaffolded off. So it was it was it was weird. But it just stinks of you and everywhere. There's homeless people everywhere in all of the underground. There's, there's homeless people everywhere. I, I'd like to go back to Paris because there's a couple of things I'd like to do that I haven't done. I'd like to do the catacombs. I'd like to do the Louvre and the Museum d'Orsay because I'm a big fan of art. But, like... And then we went to the Moulin Rouge. We didn't go in the Moulin Rouge. We went to... Because um, that's near Montmartre. And I didn't realise, but where the Moulin Rouge is, which is obviously probably the most famous cabaret club in the whole world, down that whole street, it's just like, it is like another red light district. I didn't, I didn't know that. As we were just sex shops constantly, yeah, and yeah. where do all these like sirens and all these cars? And I turned around, and there was just a demonstration, like walking like next to us. And I was like, ah, oh, imagine if this just kicks off now, and I'm just stuck in the middle of this. Like, I would, I would, I would, I would, yeah. 
I would like to go back to Paris, but I think from my travels in Europe, I have very, very positive outlooks of everyone. Yes. Like Germans, I feel like have a reputation of being quite rude and stuff. Mm. But like they were lovely. They were some of the nicest people I've ever met. Like everyone I met in Germany was lovely. Yeah. Like Sweden, Denmark, literally everywhere I've been has been lovely. The French, horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the Netherlands, we went to um, Amsterdam. We could walk around there at 2 a.m. and there'd be families walking around, grandparents, families. Yeah, 100%. And I'd feel safe. But even in Birmingham, when I come out of a concert at 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, like scared. Oh, yeah, I'd like to clarify that British people also suck. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much so. The fun fact about the Eiffel Tower, um, during World War Two, when uh, when the Germans invaded France, mm. um, Hitler wanted a photo op on the Eiffel Tower. Um, Priorities. The, the French revolution. The the French revolutionaries found out about this, um, and Hitler was getting quite old at this point, and he he couldn't, you know, climb thousands of steps. Um, so the French revolutionaries cut. The uh, elevator wires, yeah. So you had to use the stairs to go up the Eiffel Tower. Hitler refused to do it, and then they never got the photo oh. op. Ah, oh, to be fair, mm. oh, yeah, quite good. So, Declan, you've you went to you've been to Thailand quite a couple of times. Quite a couple of times, does it make sense? I, I yeah, I I've actually spent more time in Thailand than I have uh, in Bangkok than I have in I, London. I, I, I thought you were saying that in the UK. England. Yeah, and I thought, well, I don't know. In, in London, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I've, sp- I've spent more time in Bangkok than I have in London. Is Bangkok yeah. Airport as threatening as it's made out to be on TV and stuff? I don't think so. Okay. It's, like, it's... I mean, any Asian airport is going to be a bit more threatening than anywhere here just because the rules are mm. very different over there mm. like you you that they still have the death penalty yeah. and I, I think that's what everyone worries about like you get start getting questioned in any asian airport and you immediately shit yourself because yeah. you think you're going to get taken to some camp <laughs> um i mean i think like the, the brutality uh, in general but like i'm not sure i'm specifically worried about the death penalty yeah, well, yeah, that's I think, I think it's also um, like in Europe, you know, that um, most people understand English, but in, in Asia, there's a lot of them don't. Yeah. No one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the airport's actually quite pretty. It's got shrubbery and stuff inside. It's, it's quite nice. Um, I was picturing a potted plant on a table. So, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Bangkok is unbelievable. It's just, I, it reminds me of New York, how busy mm. it is all the time. Um, and the culture is just so, so mentally different that it's it's a complete flip. It's not even like anything like we have here. Um, especially like, because there's still a prevalence of white privilege over there, like actual proper white privilege. Like they treat white people better, um, when you go over, um, it's, it's very different and all the the stories you hear about the lady boys and the strip clubs and they're all true they are just all true mm. um so in in bangkok we always still at the stay at the intercontinental um which is about a five ten minute tuk tuk from um the the night market called pat pong um now pat pong is just a street quite a a 
broad street. It it reminds me. It's probably about as wide as the high street in March, mm. all the way across. Which also yeah. coincidentally is called Broad um, Street. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's probably about that wide, and there's strip clubs and like little off licenses down both sides. That's all there is. There's no other shops. It's just strip clubs, bars, and these little tiny little off licenses that one person can go in at a time. And they sell like phone cases and shit like that. Um, but the night market sell everything. You can get like tasers <laughs> all the way through. I to didn't know going to start. To be and fair. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no, and I nearly got tased while I was there because one of the guys I went with went, "Oi, look at this!" And it was a set of knuckle dusters, mm. right? But what I didn't realise is there was probes, probes mm. on this side, and he was tucking under his hand the button. And as you squeeze, it electrocutes. And he put it up against me and fucking zapped it. And I shat myself. I thought I was going to piss myself in the middle of the, the market. So I was like, nope. Um, yeah, they sell like and they sell like all the wooden ornaments and all that sort of shit that you expect to get at a market like that. Um, but you sort of walk up and down and. You, of course, you, you sort of peer in all the strip clubs, and some of them are like specifically lady boys, some are specifically women, some are specifically men. Like, is everyone thinks that when you go over, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between the lady boys and the actual mm. women, but they tell you. Mm. Like, they don't try and hide the fact that they're a lady boy. Even on a Thai passport, there is lady boys, a specific gender in right. Thailand. There's a whole, yeah, yeah, there's a whole, like, airline devoted to specifically transporting ladyboys. And all the air hostesses are ladyboys, the lot. Do you know how ladyboys, um, like, why is, how is ladyboys such a big thing over there, do you know? Um, I don't know why it started, yeah. but it's a big thing now, just specifically through tourism. Yeah, like, There's sense. so many people that go over and, and just, but there's no pretending over there it's not like they're trying to act like women mm. that they're, they're, they're just blokes with tits mm. Mm. um and it's weird to see as well because they're really pretty yeah like no hair on them whatsoever all the time they're like waxed every day um, the metric the only yeah yeah um they speak quite feminine. They even get like plastic surgery on their jaw and they chisel the jaw to make it look like more sleek line and feminine face and stuff. Um, but they earn so yeah. much money. It's unbelievable. Um, but it, it is weird to see. And even like the culture when it comes to trying to get people to go in the strip clubs and you do go in them cause they're free to go in. You just, Oh fuck the cock and boobs. Um, that, you know, and especially if you walk past massage parlours, they'll come out and try and pull you in by grabbing parts of your body that you don't particularly want your to grab. Eye, um, eyelids, um, earlobes. Further down. <laughs> Toes. Um, yeah, like the, yeah. The <laughs> just on the yeah, floor. Weird, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but they, that's part of the culture there, and they do it to the locals as well. Um and it's 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 very weird culture. Like you, I wouldn't expect to walk past a, a spa here, and one of the masseuses run out and grab my cock. Like it's not something you expect here. But over there, 
they do it. They just rub you all over and try and mm. almost tease you into a mash out of Sprouts. It's weird. When you said about the culture showing, they're like the, the, the white privilege and stuff like that. that. That's the big difference with China. That it's still very communist. Like it's that is that's the culture mm. in Shanghai. The the old town or the old city is like London, and the new city is like Blade Runner. When you go to um, <laughs> to Beijing. There's no skyscrapers there. There's there's nothing. There's it's not very modern. The most modern thing is the Olympic Stadium from like 2008. Mm. It's 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 very like flat. There's there's not a lot there, and you can tell that like that that is still very much like encased in their in their culture, like Tiananmen Square and the um, and um, Forbidden City and stuff. Like in in Tiananmen Square, for example, they're they're queuing for that. It was a three-hour queue to see their dictator who's on all their money who killed like millions of people. They're his mm. bodies. They're queuing for like three hours to go see him. And that was something else actually in the, the busiest place I went to was the Forbidden City which is where the emperor used to live. And the the guards were like, you'd, it'd be like you go through into this courtyard, go through this other like te- temple, another courtyard, it'd keep getting like, bigger and bigger and then it would reduce to get smaller. And as, in the first courtyard they were lining you up in lines and they'd let a line go through and they'd bring another line in and it was just like strict. Like you had to stand there Get in your line. Don't get out of that line. Silence. And I thought, this is a day trip. Like, what, 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 what is, what's going on? <laughs> Do you remember when I nearly got kidnapped in Borneo by the Chinese yes, people because of your blonde hair and I was going to say your blue hair and your blonde eyes. <laughs> that would be yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I was going to say as well is that when we first got to Borneo. After like, I mean, we had hours and hours of flying and stuff, and we got there. And it was in this, literally, it was a camp. Um, and I, I, I turned to you after we went to the toilets, and I could hear orangutans fighting in the in the jungle. It was about five o'clock. It was pitch black, and we just looked at each other and was like, "What have we done?" I don't know why I was there. I, was, yeah. I, I wanted to leave immediately. Yeah, I was like, what? And the worst thing is though, <laughs> if it was in France, I could imagine we'd be like, home. there. I was like. Well, I can't get. I, can't. I was like, "What am I, got, I doing I here?" I mean, if, the worst part is you know you're there for a month. Yeah, that's the worst thing. Uh, that, uh, that that's why I hated jungle because I knew I'd actually got more ahead yeah. than behind, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I hate yeah. my life." Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like, ah. Oh. But to be fair, we loved it in the end. Yeah, but... it was the most marvelous thing ever. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I went to Tunisia <laughs> uh, about 2015. Mum's been nine times. My dad's quite um. Nine. Yeah, yeah. My dad Jesus. didn't like Tunisia because like different, like a big change in culture and stuff like that. Uh, and it was, this was very much like a beach holiday. We went by the sea and we done different things. We also went on camel rides. One of the things at the top of this camel ride, you get to this place and there was it was like a little village and they were doing like bit of naan breads on the side of these ovens and it showed you like what traditional Tunisians like. And there was this cow, not cow, camel. What they were feeding Coca Cola to, and it was, just, it was just wobbling. It was just just violently wobbling like this and I thought it's because you're giving it like 28 bottles of Coca-Cola every single day Why are they and nothing else it was just it was a tourism thing and because it was just something cheap to do for them wasn't it for, I think as, a, as an English tourist I'm like what the, what the hell are you doing but for them they're just like yeah. hey this is funny and we went in the uh, the souks which I think I think they're great it's like Camden Market but African I mean you know great just don't talk to yeah. anyone though because if as soon as you ask for a price you've You've got to buy it. They're going to yeah, chase yeah. you down the down the street. But people kept asking Tash, well, kept asking my dad. So we went to my mum and dad. Kept asking my dad if they would flog Tash to them for for camels, which is a um, you know we don't we don't we don't have that in Sainsbury's here. And that's the last time Louis saw Tash. Yeah, and they they kept saying he has got a lovely he's got a lovely pet camel. Yeah, <laughs> exactly four of them, 
And oh, I've heard of them, yeah. They kept saying to my dad, oh, how much for your daughter? How much for your daughter? And he's like, she's not my daughter. Oh, they kept thinking that me and Tash were brother and sister. Then we just like walk off holding hands or give each other a kiss and they'd be like, you all right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think my last... I'll, I'll talk about Denmark and Sweden quick and then I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So I went to... I haven't got much to say about Denmark because I, I was in Copenhagen for eight. The one thing about Copenhagen, actually, is they've got an area called Freetown. Right. I think I've told you about this oh, before. Nice, yeah. And it's like... Have I told you about this deck? So in, in Copenhagen, there's like another like small like town type thing called Freetown. And their whole thing is that they're like anarchy. They don't follow the rules of Denmark. They're like, they, they believe they're their own place. Um, now, you obviously like weed's illegal in, in Denmark as well. But Freetown's anarchy, right? So if you go to Freetown, there's all these stalls everywhere with people selling weed. Mm. Now, the police know that Freetown do this. But they also kind of just like don't care. They kind of respect Freetown. So what they do is every, I think it's like a couple of times a day, loads of police from Copenhagen will just walk really slowly towards Freetown. And then Freetown has like loads of lookouts and they've got really good at like hiding the drugs. So what they have, they have like people on the roofs and just shit. Their, their and people are bent over and they pop them in. Yeah. And people will like lob the weed up to the roofs and then they'll like hide them in the buildings and then they'll like put other stuff out on their stalls. But like the police know this is happening, but it's just kind of like a weird ritual thing that they do every couple of times a day where they let them hide the drugs. Then they don't really search very well. They just sort of go, no weed here and leave. Um, but when we went, I was with like a couple of lads or whatever. Some of them wanted some stuff, but we went when the police were there. Uh, so we just had to like hang around for like 20 minutes and wait for the police to piss off before the stalls actually came out again it's just such a weird it's really really weird it's a really strange place but um looks like I'm going there next it, it, to be fair it's really it is really really cool it's really nice Copenhagen's a really nice place as well but yeah we went to Sweden for a day we went to Malmo and we went to a skateboarding competition now I'm not into skateboarding at all but one of my friends loves it and he really wanted to go right so we went to a skateboarding competition. It's one of the best things I've ever been to in my entire really? life. So you, you, it's free, and you just get like crammed into these stands, right? Around, it's literally just like a skate park. Mm. So this is just Malmo's skate park. This is the one that they just like use. Yeah. It's like if people just came to March and they just put some barriers around the freaking skate park. Mm. Well, obviously it's a bit nicer than that. And then everyone like it felt like Mad Max because like everyone's just like screaming and like slamming the bars. And then, like, people with skateboards are just, like, making loads of noise and stuff. And it's, like, it's mental. And there's this Brazilian guy. Apparently he's sick. I know nothing about skateboarding. But he, you get, like, three skates, I think. Right. But every time he skated, he'd walk underneath our stand and throw up. Because <laughs> he was really, really ill. Oh. So he'd just literally, he'd, he'd do the skate. And he was sick. He was winning for ages. He'd, he'd do an amazing skate. And then he'd just, like, hobble over to our thing, throw his guts up, <laughs> and then have another go. But anyway, he, so he was winning, and it came down to the last guy. And it's this kid from Malmo, so he's a local boy. He's never really won anything before. And obviously, he his other attempts were shit. And he's just thinking, I might as well just, like, try something mental. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. And just, like, see what happens. And he and died. see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, and he's dead. He's dead. No, and he... he oh, shit. He's not dead. He, and then he did, he did oh. his trick, and then he tried something, and he says he didn't even know... In an interview after, he says he lost sight of the skateboard. He was in midair. He had no idea where the skateboard was. He was like, I better just try and land and see what happens. But he landed this trick. <laughs> he missed it and just breaks both <laughs> yeah, his Yeah, he genuinely could have. He was like, I had no idea where the skateboard... I had no idea where I was or where the skateboard was. But he landed the trick, 
and he won and everyone went absolutely mental so everyone's just screaming and then all the skateboarders just lobbed their skateboard into the <laughs> middle with him so he's just like dodging all these skateboards as they're all flying towards him but it was a really nice moment and they all like picked him up and stuff it was, it was really nice it was really That's nice mad. But it was weird. Mate, if if I just won a competition, all of a sudden all these <laughs> fucking like kilo boards are trying to smack me. They were just excited and then people like the worst in. thing in my life. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. Have we got any stories, Alf, that anyone has contacted in with? <laughs> you know what? I don't what are the chances of this? I have. Excellent. Alright, I'll read a couple. We've right, got ready. more than tea. Uh, we've Wait, what? Some people have messaged. People have contacted him? Yes. Nice. Right. Getting big. So, this person's written. Dublin. Is that it? That was <laughs> it. He went to Dublin. <laughs> no. So they wrote, hang on, I've lost it. I've lost it. I've lost it. If you're the person that sent this message in, I will read it. So hang on with me. Right. Dublin. I wake up. And do my usual MO. Wander around during the day slash hang out at night. Thanks for that. Walked past a beautiful old Catholic church with the doors wide open. So I felt it was an invitation to walk in and explore. Turns out, it was a funeral. (laughs) Don't think I've ever had to backpedal so hard in my life. Pleading my case to the priest. Thankfully... He was a very understanding man. Oh my god! It's really fair. The, the thing of that is that if if you saw the doors open, you would you you would just go in. But you also forget that these churches are running actual. Oh, I, events. I like how you had to say the priest was an understanding man. I mean, they usually are. Yeah, actually, he was an absolute asshole. And, and he didn't do anything bad. He did just walk yeah. into the a funeral. It's not like unless when it comes to choir boys saying no. And also, if he was like, oh, I walked in, I, sh- I had a shit, yeah. pushed some people over. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a bit, you know. Real. What else we got? Right, I got. I don't know. I, I haven't read this one, so if it's inappropriate, I apologise. I was on a train in Paris about this time last year. I mean, alright. Me and my friend were on our way to meet some people down at the Moulin Rouge. I was eating a cup of noodles with a fork I'd liberated from the hostel when this lovely gent stands up to leave the train, sort of half bows with his head down and hands together, and ever so gently takes my noodles from me. <laughs> He, he said, "He said mercy a couple of times, and then leaves the train." <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? That's really weird. That's really weird. That's really weird. Wow. Wow. I mean, to be fair, you, what are you can do about it? Steal it back off of him. Like no, no, no. You just accept your losses and and and. and I would not let that happen. I would. I'd accept uh, losses. I would. And I would just. Doing, and I would text it into a podcast and have a good laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, you got. I I I got to respect that. Mm. I might try it. Yeah, just you you you're there, just offering it out from your body. <laughs> just to, start to trying to give there. it to. Yeah. You just got to be really gentle and really nice about it. You know, mm. just, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And leave. <laughs> just play oblivious. Yeah, I like that idea. Free feed. All right. Cool. So I was. I'm happy. Oh, is that it? What? Is that it? Yeah. I've got some more stories, but I think I'll we'll save them for, um, for another time. Because I could go on and on. Yeah. I've got more Amsterdam 100%. stories and things, so we can go on and on. How was your beer, Alf? Mm. I thought it was lovely. I thought it was really, really nice. I finished it ages ago. I thought it was really, really, really smooth, good. really, really looking really nice. And that is um, the Siren Midnight Maverick Nitro. Oak Went down very easy. Very easy. And Declan? 
This could be my new favourite white. Ooh. Not me. Castanor, <laughs> Pina Grigio, Del Venese, 2019. Um, yeah, go get it Aldi. It's very, very good. It's got a weird scarecrow on the front thing. Masquerade. Cool. Nice. Awesome. Decent. Um, what are we doing next episode then, boys? Declan? Uh, I've, I've had a lot of animal facts recently, uh, so we're going to talk about how insane nature, nature is. Nature is mental, to be fair. It is mental, to be fair, yeah. Are yeah. we doing just animals, nature, mad, or just nature? Uh, all of it. All right. Uh, we talk about like natural disasters and shit as well, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, and plants and stuff. All right, throw some, some guy hypothesis in uh, there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right, nice, cool. So, thank you for listening. Thanks for enjoying that. That's the second part of travel. We've got loads of other stuff we could have said, but that'll do, won't it? Please join us next week for Nature. I'm actually really keen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to this Guzzler podcast.